Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, it's a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves that we can as we serve our Lord. Today's podcast is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's one that uh, a lot of uh, my buddies deal with, uh, a lot of people deal with, and something I deal with. And I think it's going to be good to kind of use this kind of as a therapy session, but kind of as a, as, as a Bible study as well. So we'll mix both of those together. Today, we're going to talk about how do I, how do I deal with regret? How do I deal with regret? You know, all of us at some point in our lives, we've regretted some things, you know, hindsight, you know, we, we look back at things and we look back and we say, man, you know, I regret doing that or I regret being like this or I wish I could have did this. Right. And you think about it over and over and over and over and over again. And if you're like me, you kind of you overanalyze things. And 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 so you think about things in like 50 trillion different ways, you know, just like, you know, for you superhero fans out there, you know, with the Avengers movie, uh, you know, kind of when. um Doctor Strange, you know, he was just his head was moving and he was trying to figure out every single possible way that he could fix the situation. Right. That's what we do. Sometimes we just kind of try to think, well, why, why could I, could I have done this? What if I did this? What if I didn't do this? Like, you know, you think about those things over and over and then you end up just in a big ball of regret. And so how do we deal with that as Christian people? How do we deal with regret? We're going to look at two examples, uh, from the scripture, we're going to look at the life of Judas, but then we're also going to look at the life of Peter, and we're going to look at two situations that they found themselves in. Uh, but then after we look at those two, uh, then we're going to try to, just from my experiences, you know, um, not my personal experiences, but um, just from my growth um, and from my study of the scripture, we're going to give some tips on how to handle regret. Okay, so so let's, let's get started. Uh, turn your Bibles to... Matthew chapter 27. And again, with this podcast, we use the scriptures uh, to discuss our topics. We use that to be our source of information and our source of uh, of the text. Matthew chapter 27. Now, let's let's get some background before we, we get to what we're going here first. Here, <clears throat> in a couple chapters before, <clears throat> Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. And so they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. He goes and kisses Christ. And the men take Christ away. And now, after some time has passed, <clears throat> Judas starts to understand what he really did. You know, he starts to really understand, I betrayed somebody who was always there for me. I betrayed somebody who never said a bad thing about me. I betrayed somebody who who loved me. And he has some certain feelings about that, right? And so that's what we're at here in chapter 27. Now, we're going to kind of look into the heart of Judas and see how he deals with his regret. Verse number one of chapter 27 of Matthew, 
The Bible says, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Verse number three, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, he repented himself and brought again 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. So first off, Judas is correct right here. He does the right thing. He repents within himself. When he saw that Jesus was condemned wrongfully within himself, he, I betrayed him. This was, this is on me. So this is good that Judas is starting to understand uh, the consequences of his actions, right? He gets, okay, I chose this. And by choosing this way and by betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, I betrayed him. And notice what he says in verse number four. Then he said, I have sinned and that I have betrayed innocent blood. Number two, he realizes what he did. He said, I have sinned. And he knew what he did. He knew that he betrayed innocent blood. The second thing that he did correctly, he repented and he verbally said, I sinned. But here's where his problem lies. Let's keep going. And they said, look, what is it to us? Why are you telling us this? Just take your money. Get out of here. Then watch verse number five. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple. And then when he departed, he went and he hanged himself. You see, this is what regret can do for us. <clears throat> we can be just like Judas. We can, we can realize that we have sinned. We can realize that we have betrayed. We can realize that we have hurt. But the thing that we end up doing is we self-inflict ourselves. Just like what Judas did here. Let me ask you this question. <clears throat> Do you think that if Judas got in contact with Christ again at some point do you believe that Christ would have forgiven Judas I believe he would have I believe he would have forgiven Judas but instead of going to Christ and instead of repenting he's he put all that guilt and that regret on himself see that's what we end up doing so if you've ever hurt somebody or if You've ever had regrets about things in your life. Instead of fixing it, not, not fixing it, that's the wrong word. Instead of repenting and instead of doing right, you self-inflict yourself. And so you beat yourself up constantly. And we do this, you know, we look at Judas and we say, well, that's extreme. You and I do that every single day. We may not physically hang ourselves, but guess what you do to yourself all the time? You beat yourself up over and over and over. Man, I should have did this. Man, I wish I would have been like this. Man, I wish I could do this better. Man, I, I'm just this now. I, I'm terrible. Nobody loves me. Nobody values me. I'm, I'm like this. What are you doing to yourself? You see, when we regret, we end up beating ourselves up. And then when we beat ourselves up, we don't fix the things that we need to fix. And so we end up being just like Judas. But let's look at the second example, right? Now, let's let's look at the difference between what Judas does and then what Peter does, okay? So turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. 
Luke chapter 22. And here, basically, Jesus is having the conversation with his disciples. Just as a little background. And he's telling his disciples that he's basically going to be betrayed. But Peter, being the man he was, he stood up, Lord, I'll never do this. You know, I'll never betray you. I'll always be there for you. And if you notice, Jesus told him, he said, look, before the cock crows three times, you're going to betray me. Or before the cock crows, you're going to betray me three times, right? Peter, I'll never do that. What are you talking about? I'll never betray you, right? So then notice this. Luke chapter 22. And we're going to start in verse uh, number 54. Then they took him, talking about Jesus, and led him and brought him to the high priest's house. But Peter followed afar off. Okay, let's keep going. And when they kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down amongst them. But a certain maid beheld him and sat by the fire and earnestly looked on him and said, This man was also with him. Talking about Jesus. You were with Jesus. But he denied him and said, Woman, I don't know him. You know, I know him not. Then about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow was with him. He's a Galilean. Peter said, man, look, I don't know him. And then immediately the cock crew while he spoke. And watch verse 61. And the Lord turned and the Lord looked at Peter. Now, stop right there. You ever, here's an interesting study for you to do. Look on, study the, the attributes of Jesus, the physical ones. But can you imagine the person that has always been there for you? Um, you let them down. And he and when you let them down, they're right there to see it. And Jesus turned and looked at him. I told you. Like he knew he was going to betray him. But you know what Peter could have done? When Peter could have physically seen the disappointment in the Lord's eyes. Peter could have did the exact same thing that Judas did. Life's over. It's done. I let down Christ. He doesn't value any, me anymore. No one else values me anymore. So I'm just going to hang myself. He could have done the exact same thing that Judas did. But I want you to notice what Peter does here. And when Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said unto him before the cock crows, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter went out and wept bitterly. You see, Peter showed that godly sorrow that we talked about in the last podcast. He showed, I hurt Christ. I hurt him. And he wept bitterly. But here's the interesting thing about Peter and his situation. After Jesus rose from the dead, and when the women came to the tomb, and Jesus told them, go tell the disciples, that I'm alive, guess who he says to go tell first? Go tell Peter. So guess who still cared about Peter, even though he let him down? Jesus. Let's 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 make some application here today, okay? And I, I preached about this last night actually in our in our class on Wednesday. You know, have you ever has someone ever let you down? Massively. I mean, you put so much trust in them and they let you down. I know I've let people down and I regret that. You know, I let people down. People have let me down. Right. 
But what happens when people let you down? What do you do? Do you regret? Do you regret a lot of things? Do you not value yourself? Do you not value them anymore just because they let you down? Now, let's let's change this question. What happens when a member of the church lets you down? What are you going to do? You see, here's the misconception that we have about the church. We think just because somebody's a member, we think just because someone is a member for so many years, we think sometimes that just because somebody's a good person, that they will always be perfect. They will always make the right decision. They will always do the right thing. They will never make a mistake. It's, it's not right. Because if you have that mindset, when someone who you trust in the church lets you down, guess what you're going to do? First thing you're going to do, you're not going to value them anymore because you don't see them the same way as you used to. Then number two, what you're going to do is you're going to devalue the church. Oh, I knew the church was full of hypocrites. Oh, I, I knew the church wasn't perfect. Or I knew he was like this, right? And then after that, ultimately, if you don't have your faith in God, you're going to end up leaving the church because someone in the church lets you down. You see how powerful regret is? But here's the situation that we're talking about. You have the same couple people in these situations. You have Jesus, who's the basically the main thrust of both of these accounts. Then you have Jesus, or you have Judas, who let Jesus down. Then you have Peter, who let Jesus down. But the difference between Judas and Peter, who both let the same person down, Judas beat himself up. And hung himself. But Peter. Repented. You see which one. Are you. Which one do you want to be. I'm be honest with you. With regret sometimes. I was in a space for a long time. Where. With regret. I constantly regretted a lot of things. I constantly beat myself up. I constantly. Um didn't value myself in a sense and that type of life it it was dark man like it, it just it wasn't um it wasn't a safe space mentally i'll say that it wasn't a safe space and your your outlook on on the church your outlook on yourself and your outlook on life is just constantly just it's either really dark it's really bitter and you just, you just survive, you know, you just wake up the next day and just survive, you know, but with regret, there's a way to handle it because we can be just like Peter every single day. We can regret it over and over and over and over and over again. And we can question things over and over and over and over again. And that's exactly where Satan wants you because Satan doesn't have to do anything because guess who's beating yourself up? You are. And so he's like, sweet, Jordan beat himself up so I can just, I can go to the next person. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't give Satan that type of power. Now, since we talked about those two examples, here's kind of some, 
before we get to some tips of how to handle regret, here's, I want you to imagine this. Imagine your life as a tombstone. So you know those tombstones that you see at the graveyards, right? And you can etch things in those tombstones. Imagine your life as a tombstone. All the things that you regret, they're etched on that stone. And let's say that that stone represents your memory. And so what you can do every single day you pass that stone in your mind mentally, you could sit there and you could read that stone over and over of all the stuff that you regret. I regret this. Number two, I regret this. Number three, I can regret this. And you can read through your list of regrets mentally and you can walk off. And then guess what you're going to do tomorrow? Sit back down, look at that stone, and read those regrets again. And you're going to do it again and again and again. And so we have a choice. Number one, you can spend the rest of your life reading that, reading those negative memories over and over and over and over again. Or... You can read those memories, but then you can learn and use that memory to become better. Here's kind of a a secular example, but it's always stuck with me. Uh, My favorite Disney movie growing up was The Lion King. I still love that movie. By the way, I'm excited for the new one, so whoever wants to come see it with me, let's do it. But here's the, the part that I always love in that movie. Is when Rafiki talks to the older Simba. When Simba, uh, he regrets doing something. Uh, you know, basically he thinks he killed his father. And so he, I'm, I'm never going back. You know. And those of us who regret know what that space is. You know, you kind of just want to go off on your own and never, never go back. Um, he, he gets his staff and he swings it and hits Simba in the head. And Simba's like, why'd you do that? And Rafiki's like... Well, because, you know, that's what the past is. The past can hurt. But he said you could either focus on that pain or then he swings the stick again and Simba dodges it. He said, or you can learn. Then he says, or you can learn from it. So which one do you want to do? And, you know, that's what that's what we need to do, right? We can sit there just like he was. And reminisce on all the bad stuff that we did or all the bad stuff that happened. And you can reminisce on it every single day. But it's not going to change it. So you're either going to look at it or, or learn from it. One one thing that uh, that I read the other day and I wrote it down. It said this. When you're feeling like a failure. Remember all the grenades that you crushed. The setbacks that you overcame. And the battles that you won. This journey through life. But still with courage. You can climb. This strength that you have built. Will take you places. To be proud of the warrior that you become. And so that's what. We just need to remember. We've overcome a lot of things too. And sometimes we need somebody. To remind us of that. The scripture does that for sure. But sometimes we need brothers and sisters in Christ. To remind us of that. You know, and and going back just real quick to that example of that movie still, 
you know, Simba was with, he was with Timon and Pumbaa who didn't remind him of those things. Yeah, they were there to comfort him, but they never really helped him. They did, but they didn't. But the one person, somebody from home had to come back and remind him of who he was. Like, I know you think you're this. I know you think you're you're nothing but this person who, who did all this stuff, but you're a king. Like, you got to remember you're a king. Sometimes, guys, we need that. We need those knowledge in our lives to come back and say, look, remember who you are, man. Like, you come through a lot. Like, you're a king. And then, guys, you know, sometimes the girls need us. Remember who you are. You know, you're a queen. You know, remember who you are. And so that's one thing that, that we need to do as well. So here's three tips really quick of how we can handle regret. Number one, you are not your mistakes. You've made them. You chose to make them. But you are not your mistakes. So don't value yourself off of the things that you did or who you used to be. You're not your mistakes. Number two, you are valued even if you don't value yourself and even if no one else values you. You are valued. And sometimes uh, when we don't get that uh, verbal validation from people, we, uh, we don't feel valued. But even if no one ever tells you that you're valued, the only person that really matters is God. If he values you, then it doesn't matter if anyone else doesn't value you. As long as God, you know, sees that you have value, I guess, and some other people don't value you, that that's fine. But as long as God values you, you're fine. Then number three, here's how we can handle regret. You replace regret with hope you replace regret with hope i want you to to look at this really quick and i know you know this is for the the comic book people here but if you can see this it's a uh it's a superman necklace right and i don't wear this um because superman is my favorite my favorite you know superhero whatever but i wear it because of what this symbol represents it represents hope. And sometimes you find yourself in situations where, like, dude, like, do I have hope? Like, what's going to happen? Like, what do I do? You know, you're going to have situations where, what am, what's going to happen, you know? And the thing that I love about, about Superman was he could be put in the worst situation, but he always tried to find the light. At the end of the tunnel. He always tried to find the hope in something. He always tried to find the hope in somebody. And sometimes. He was willing to sacrifice himself. For somebody else. And that's why I wear this. Every day. Because when things get. You know unknown. Or when things get rough. Or when I hit rough patches. You know sometimes you need to remind yourself. No one else is going to remind you sometimes. And so sometimes like you know. I sit back and I look at this and. You know, some people may find it kitty or whatever, but that's fine. But I always look at that as there's always hope. You know, there's hope in every situation. I just got to look hard enough to find it. You know, when everyone else gives up, I got to look hard enough to find that little piece of hope to grab on. 
And just like in Romans, I think chapter 3 or chapter 5, remember Abraham, right? Abraham hoped against hope. I'm old. There's no way I can have a son. My wife is old. Physically, there's no way. But I know God's going to make some way somehow. I'm going to have hope. Sometimes with regret, you have to hope against hope. When there's no hope, you have to hope that there's going to be some hope. And in order to do that, that takes faith that God's going to bring that hope. And so how do I deal with regret? Replace regret with hope and then learn from your regrets. Don't carry bitterness around with you. Don't carry anger around with you. Don't carry wrath around with you. That stuff only wears you down. So when you try to move forward, you're carrying luggage with you. Drop that junk and move forward. Now, that's easier said than done. I carried that junk with me for a long time. But I realized, look, like, I can't go back. But one thing that's always here, the past is always gone. No matter what you did in your past, you can't change it. You know, there's there's nothing you can do. But the one thing that's always here is the present. And so what are you going to do now? Figure out what you're going to do now. And then once you figure that out, go. Go. And the Lord's going to take care of you. And so I hope that with, with this podcast, as you've learned, um, not only from the scriptures, but you learn from these tips of how we can how we can let go of that regret and how we can continue to to move forward. And, and I hope that this has helped you and I hope that you've been encouraged uh, by this. Um, if you want to listen to more, uh, obviously, you can listen on Spotify, listen up when the scriptures become real. Uh, you can also find it on Twitter. You can find it on YouTube and you can find the podcast on iTunes as well. And for you business professionals, uh, you can also find it on LinkedIn. And so I hope that, you know, we all just continue to grow together. You know, I haven't been perfect in my past. Uh, and even in my my life as a preacher, I haven't been perfect. But I've realized that there's ways to handle things and I'm get, I'm trying to get better. And I hope you're trying to get better, too. So I hope that we all just continue to keep growing and that one day that we can reach that level of where we always have hope. Thank you.